Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 17, where we're going to be talking about self-reliance workshops and public-private partnerships. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. The best way to stay current with what we're doing at the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School is to join our email newsletter. You can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello, uh, Tim Smith here again with episode 17 of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. And I'm joined here today with my two good friends, uh, Christopher Russell, who's becoming a bit of a piece of furniture or a fixture, I guess, (laughs) on the podcast. Something like that. And uh, Josh Arnold. Um, How are we doing today, guys? Good. Doing good. Good. So, um, what we're going to talk about today is the kind of history and the what it looks like for the future of a public-private partnership that goes back. This is our 10-year anniversary. So, uh, right. um, and that is with the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School and Gala. And Josh is the executive director of Gala. And can you just give us the give us the 30-second? Uh, who you are, what is Gala, and, and what does Gala do? Yeah, sure. Just 10 years. I can't believe it's Time flies. It's been a decade. <laughs> yeah. I've got the gray hair to show for it. <laughs> yeah. So um, Gala is a grassroots nonprofit here in the Ossipee area, and we run a series of workshops that we do with Jack Mountain, and that's the partnership that we'll be talking about most today. But we also have a really cool uh, program called Sustainer Raisers. It's based on the barn raising uh, concept where we'll go around with volunteers and help install compost bins, rain barrels, raised garden beds, cold frames, uh, clotheslines, anything that helps people, you know, save some energy, grow their own food, that kind of a thing. Nice. Yeah, and also a lot of community events and activities, contra dance series, uh, farm to table town cleanup day that kind of thing so as a guy not from new england yeah. you got to explain what a contra dance is because i've been wondering <laughs> yeah so contra dance is kind of like square dancing some of the similar moves there's the promenade the do do sort okay. of thing but it's in circles it's a um you know a lot of it's a partner you bring a partner kind of thing and it's swing a, them it's around a, and round. Swing them round and round. It's kind of a New England tradition and a ton of fun. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't contra come from country or? That's a good question. Somebody. Because that word makes you think that. of like the Iran contra. Yeah, affair exactly. Yeah, no, it's just like I don't know. How do you have a dance like it's that? It's a lot of the Sandinistas and Oliver North is handing out <laughs> automatic weapons, well, and then thought... they do a happy dance and fire the AKs in the air. <laughs> I always thought if you're gonna be in a band that does contra dances, you should. De- there has to be a band called the Contraband. I like that. Right. What would they bring to the concerts though? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Jeez. Excuse me. I've caught a horrible cold from my kid, uh, so he's never living indoors again. So, yeah, it was about, uh, this is the 10-year anniversary of the founding of Gala, and and, uh, one of the big initial events was a big kind of campfire discussion session that we had at my place at, at the folk school. And I think there were probably 50 people there, and we talked about kind of what the vision was and, and where we hope to go with all that. And, 
you know, it's uh, it's just super cool ten years later to look back on on all the things that 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 Gala has accomplished and the things that we've uh, worked together on. Yeah, and done together. We're recording this actually in the um, in the old Ossipy Grange Hall, which is the home office uh, for Gala, and I'm looking around the room and there's just all sorts of like uh, <laughs> all sorts of memorabilia from ten years of of good work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. One of the cool things that, that we've done together as part of our partnership um, started in 2008, had a little bit of a hiatus, and then went ahead full guns in 2013, I think it was, was a series of self-reliance workshops. And these are um, designed to get people out uh, to, to teach them a few useful skills to be really easy to attend. So they're, they're not a lot of money. There's not a lot of time. Uh, up to this point, it's usually been, is it the first, the first Wednesday of every month? Yes. And it's usually, uh, 15 bucks plus materials fee and probably three hours after work hours are over. And it's, you know, like most things, when you start them, they start ridiculously small. And Mm -hmm. now we're at the point where, you know, just constantly turning people away and, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And we're starting to fill, you know. Fill the calendar more. We were doing the once a month thing, and now this year in particular, we're gonna do uh, you know maybe not almost once a week. It looks like it's shaping up to be. Yeah, and these are um, you know as a as a self reliance industry veteran of uh, I think this is my nineteenth year in this business. These are they're the best deal in the industry because it's you know it's super inexpensive. The instructors mm-hmm. are are always uh, incredibly knowledgeable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And kind of the way it works is we we tap the resources of the local community. So exactly. say there's a guy up the road who's been keeping bees for 40 years. Right. Maybe he does a little beekeeping workshop. And, yeah. and you know, if it's uh, somebody who's been making soap for 30 years, they do a soap-making workshop. So it's definitely not all josh and i or you know full-time instructors it's more tapping the sort of craftspeople exactly in the in the community to uh to put on the events um exactly so we're i think we've sort of uh i think we're in the neighborhood of about a hundred workshops that we've run so far under our belt yeah everything sauerkraut making beekeeping food preservation um, campfire cooking, making the pack baskets, making rope, knife sharpening, uh, even like basic sewing classes, bicycle repair. We just did a timber framing uh, one last year. Make your own sauna, uh, herb walks, foraging, you know, walks, mushroom IDing. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, we actually just looked at the, uh, we're planning for 2017, and we just looked at the list of all the stuff we did, and I was like, oh my god, like, have we really done all these? And, yeah. Uh, and we have, and it's it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. And we have, and even still, you know, even after all the ones we've done, I mean, we'll offer some of the same ones again this year, and they'll fill up again, for sure, but there's still endless, you know, topics that we could cover. Um, so it's really exciting that how much more we have to do as well. Yeah, um, my only concern, the one thing I'm really unhappy about with this whole endeavor is that I don't have the time to attend to all of them, right? Like, right. You know, yeah. I want right. you know, like, thanks a lot. This is what I wanted in my, in my town when I was a little kid, so I could have learned all this by the time I was 18, you know. Like, that's the, uh, that's my, that's my biggest gripe. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, it's exciting that this year we're going to have a sort of teen track, uh, in yeah. particular, 
Man, Christopher's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna know. be interesting. Uh, still got to figure out what kind of courses we want to run, but I'm I'm looking forward to getting involved with it because it sounds really cool. Yeah, and that'll be part of our, our reboot of the School of the Forest, which is coming this winter. We'll we'll uh, I'll throw a link to School of the Forest and a gala in the show notes so you can check out uh, both of those resources. But um, yeah, that'll be you know School of the Forest will be a future podcast, but just a definitely a team yeah. track for the self-reliance workshops and and you know i think uh self-reliance in my mind when i hear that term i think of emerson's essay but i realize in the modern world it carries a lot of baggage with regards to sort of survivalism and whatnot and and it couldn't be further from what these are this workshop series is trying to accomplish it's really about sort of life skills and interacting with the local ecosystem um so, for example, you know, you heard the list of workshops that Josh rattled off, and uh, obviously none of those is, you know, worrying about zombies or... <laughs> That's going to be the first curse I run. It's yeah. clearly missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... Well, and also, I mean, I think the, you know, the self-reliance can be a little misleading in that, you know, a lot of these workshops are also about, you know, community, like when... You know, if, if it's a bike repair, it's not just about, you know, fixing your bike so you can go bike alone. It's about, you know, fixing your bike so you have greater, you know, practical transportation to go in and about and engage with your community or go out biking yeah. with a friend. Or the same with the, you know, the food preservation. I mean, it's about people coming together and canning together and canning parties and then, you know, sharing that, those, you know, canned goods with each other. It's all about cultivating community um, as well. I love that. I, maybe we need to amend the uh, title of the series this year of self-reliance and community resilience. Yes, I think that, that, I think that would be more accurate. Uh, you wizard with words, Tim. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm only saying that because I think that was the original title when we started. <laughs> but we were like, what the hell does that mean? Right. <laughs> like, right. No one would understand it. So. I know. Um, yeah, cool. The other cool thing for 2018 with this workshop series is we're going to add... Uh, in addition to the sort of short, easy to take, is we're gonna we're gonna add some uh, more intensive experiences. And um, for example, we've got like a wild food uh, immersion week coming in the summertime. I know this past year uh, we offered a uh, timber framing workshop that was was that three or four days. Three days. Three days. So you know a lot of the sort of things that maybe you couldn't learn in 2 hours at the end of the day we're going to you know kind of merge into also offering those types of experiences and and you know we're super uh super excited about that as well yeah. um so yeah stay tuned for more information um about that <coughs> excuse me again um so the other big news is that uh we are in uh discussions um, with a uh, property owner for having a dedicated folk school and makerspace facility. Yeah, I mean, this is really the next, you know, evolution of this whole program. Um, I know, you know, Gala has been operating really out of a home office all these years, and it's served us well, it's worked, but we've sufficiently outgrown that, and, you know, the the demand is there that we can't reach because of this limited capacity. So we are really excited to be pursuing this uh, building here. 
um, that, as Tim said, will serve as this dedicated facility for um, the folk school, which is, you know, a, a collection of all these workshops, the intensives and the, you know, evening day classes, all of that, uh, as well as this makerspace. So we will have equipment there where when it isn't getting used for a workshop, um, people can come use it for any kind of, you know, either a hobby um, or an entrepreneurial sort of, you know, effort or idea. Um, so we're, we're really, really psyched. And it would also, you know, be our office space there. Yeah, so um, tell me, just define for me real quick, what is a makerspace? I mean, you, you touched on it there, but I think yeah. I hadn't heard of it until you explained it to me. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. But uh, yeah. I do that a lot when people say things. I, I look around and I'm like, <laughs> am I the only stupid person in the room who doesn't know what they're talking about? <laughs> I have a you know a tendency to keep my mouth shut. Then afterwards, I'm like, hey, what what was that all about? It's uh, really you know, <laughs> it's such a cool thing right now. I mean, it's not brand new, but it's definitely gaining in popularity <laughs> over the last you know five five to ten years or so. Uh, they, they even have it's called the Makers Movement, and there are these maker spaces popping up all over. And a lot of times, it's an open space sort of concept where there's different wings of a room that has equipment specialized to different trades. And, you know, some maker spaces are more, you know, technologically focused and they have, you know, um, stuff to make software, you know, that kind of thing. A lot of computers and laser cutters and, and that kind of thing. Others are more um, trades of like there's a woodworking wing, a, you know, metalworking wing or blacksmith kind of wing um, or a textiles wing. Sometimes there's culinary wings, you know, um, but what it does is it provides access to specialized equipment that people, you know, wouldn't wouldn't otherwise have access to. And they can um, some of them, again, the hobbyists use it to just do do whatever they want. Uh, but then also entrepreneurs come <laughs> to help either prototype, you know, some kind of idea that they have a product or, or a craft or to scale up um, an existing sort of design that they have. Um, and, you know, a lot of them, so there's typically like a membership, you know, uh, arrangement of fee that gives you access to these different things. A lot of the spaces have like cubbies where you can keep your, you know, all your tools and, or your, um, you know, individual sort of materials there and then just bring them out when you want to use them and really cool, like little incubator, um, just these little vibrant creative hubs, um, there are people are working with their hands because that's, you know, as you guys know, it's something that a lot of us has lo have lost as we're staring into the screen. But we're finding that, you know, we're people really crave create being creative beings and making Absolutely. things and um, maker spaces provide that atmosphere and, and the access to those tools to do that. So for for the Jack Mountain Folk School, what that means specifically is that we're going to have a. Uh bandsaw and a thickness planner and we'll be banging out wooden toboggans in the hundreds yes, every exactly. year every year yeah right yeah. is that no we you know we were over there the other day you know checking out the space and you know these guys are saying they can vision you know canoe molds and yeah. pack basket molds and i mean it's a great facility for this kind of thing yeah well we're uh, definitely super uh super excited about it and you know just as a you know the the ten year anniversary of the right. of a public private partnership between Jack Mountain, which is just a small business, and Gala, which is a nonprofit. You know, I just we're super excited about it. Um, you know, it's been very uh, 
it's been very beneficial to both organizations and this is just this is just an example you know one small town in rural new hampshire this is one example of of how that public private partnership can work and you know for those of you out in podcast land uh, you could you could do this something similar as well in your own small town and oh yeah it's probably a lot easier if you're in a big city because there's way more options but you know part of what we're doing at, with our partnership is trying to sort of create these viable options and opportunities in rural America that's right because basically if I go to the city in about two hours I'm just in a fetal position laying on the ground <laughs> like can someone take me home like, <laughs> You know, the whole, like, the whole peeing inside thing just doesn't sit well with me. It, it yeah. really is a struggle. I'm a Getting rural guy. I was a rural kid. Yeah. I can't, uh, yeah. The whole, like, yeah. peeing and drinking water, uh-uh. No. <laughs> and they want to write, you know, they want to arrest you for peeing outside in the city, so it just doesn't work, right? right. Anyway. It's, yeah. It's not yeah. in the city. It's inside the bar, Tim. That's yeah, right. The, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Cool. So, uh, yeah, in the show notes, we're going to link Gala. We're going to link School of the Forest. Um, yeah. And really, that's all we've uh, that's all we've got. But we're just excited to be celebrating that 10th anniversary. So, uh, yeah, once again, uh, thank you for listening. All right. Thanks. Thanks.